Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show that is just doing a normal show. This is a you know, normal episode. Yeah. No, you're talking about. It was pretty stinking easy to set up. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com. A corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dork. She's wearing her glasses today because her con- she's out of contacts. <laughs> I am. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I'm having a nerd out. They should be in like tomorrow, I'm hoping, but I'm might be a nerd for a couple days that's fine four eyes today <laughs> is monday february 7th 2022 290 days till thanksgiving happy birthday okay this, his birthday today this sounds important no today's garth brooks's birthday oh friends in low places listen how about we it? will not we will not tolerate any garth slander on this no, no. get on out <laughs> garth rules that is, that is uh, the official that. stance of tft garth brooks rules <laughs> episode 1327 on today's show guys i spent the weekend stewing on realignment and i've got some yeah. thoughts because uh, like thursday was like instant reaction it's like what you see mm-hmm. i've kind of taken a deeper dive into it and i've got a few more thoughts we're going to kind of do some more realignment talk coming up here in a moment. In the back half of the show, uh, don't listen to me talk about realignment. Listen to Craig Way Craig. talk about realignment. We'll be joined uh, by Craig Way um, joining us here to talk a little bit about his impressions of the new UIL realignment. He'll be joining us in the back half of the program if you stick with us. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Coach Terry Crawford, mm. Aaron Arbuckle, Ed McElroy, and Lau Good. Welcome in, fellas. Abbott got a new district bunkmate if i remember correctly he said it was pretty boring for the panthers yeah i think i don't think it was necessarily surprising that they got that they that they were joined by somebody but somebody did join them i can't remember was it bluffdale no i'm i'm crazy i'm i'm not well we knew that don't we also knew that yeah who did they know who who joined 12 181 who joined them? Sorry, you're listening to live coverage of me figuring out. Who Coach joined. is going to put it in the comments before yes. you even get yes, there. Yes, he absolutely is. Um, but their district did get a little bit tougher, if I remember correctly. Anyway, that's not here nor there. Oh, Golson. Mm, okay. All right. <laughs> UIL realignment. It was Thursday. It the was pack. nuts. Thanks to everybody who tuned into our UIL realignment special. It was a, a massive success. Mm-hmm. We do appreciate you guys. I think part of the reason it was a mass, massive success is because a lot of coaches and a lot of students and were like players not, yeah. were sitting at home. Like they, they were kind of snowed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks, regardless of why you tuned in. We do appreciate you tuning in. Um, he said it stayed the same. 
So uh, you're just wrong on all maybe cases. I maybe I am. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, so, uh, but but the thing about realignment and and doing a live show on realignment is that this huge chunk of data gets dropped in your lap. Yeah. And your job is to just kind of go through it as quickly as you can. Yeah, you don't get bits and pieces. You get no, you get the, the whole, whole entree. thing. <laughs> no chips all and dips. At once. Yeah, there's no there's no chips and dips. They just bring up the entire Botana platter right then. Okay. <laughs> And so I spent the weekend, the long weekend, because we didn't do a show Friday. I, I spent the long weekend kind of going over it and thinking through things. I also talked it over with Step. We have a long episode, nearly 100 minutes uh, of Tep and Step uh, breaking down realignment. Yeah, that was ridiculous. And I have some more thoughts on realignment, some bigger picture thoughts. And so we're going to call this, upon further review, UIL realignment. So I've got five thoughts I want to throw at you. Okay. My first thought, no small changes. Mm-hmm. After kind of consuming realignment as a whole, the headline for me is that overall, it was pretty chalky. Yeah. Overall, the UIL didn't make... There were a lot of changes the UIL could have made that they didn't. Mm-hmm. That a lot of the core of a lot of districts stayed the same. Yeah. A lot of the core of a lot of regions stayed the same. A lot of the core of, of what Texas high school football looked like is uh, did stay the same. On balance, overall. Mm -hmm. But when the UIL did make changes, they went, and I don't want to use a medical term here, so I won't talk over your head, but they went buck wild. (laughs) They went nuts. Yeah. The UIL, when they made changes, they fundamentally shifted things around. Mm -hmm. That, okay, for example, 3A Division One. okay, Mm -hmm. We're all sitting there marveling. Oh my gosh, Franklin and Lorena in the same district. Can you believe it? We get the plus they're in there with Cameron, Yo, and Rockdale, and Little River Academy, and oh, Troy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Look at 11 3A Division One. Unbelievable. And but once you get past that, you take a look at when you go. Oh, well, none of the existing 3A Division One teams changed regions. Mm-hmm. They all stayed the same. Yep. So fundamentally, the 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 shape of three A Division One didn't really change. Four A Division Two, I think, is another good example. Four A Division Two, you look at a lot of the core of a lot of districts, mm-hmm. largely the same. Obviously, there are teams moving up, there are teams moving out, things like that. There's always going to be that, but they didn't jumble it all up and try different things. Right. A lot of it stayed the same, but they did take Carthage and put them on the and move them to the other side of the, side bracket. Of the bracket. Yep. Which is like. A massive power shift. Yep. That's literally, I think flipping someone like that to the whole other side of the bracket is the biggest shift you can make. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, going from District 9 to District 8 is like the biggest change you can make. Yeah. Right? So that's what I think is interesting. There were no little tweaks. They were either pretty much the same or or just like we're going to lob a grenade into it and see what happens. Yeah. So... To me, there were no small changes in the UIL realignment. Number two, shifting district centers. A lot of this has to do, in my opinion, with Central Texas. Because Central Texas is in a weird spot in UIL realignment. Mm-hmm. They're right there in the middle, and they're kind of... <sighs> You're forced to make a directional change. Do you know, like... what, it, do you know what it is? You ever play Uno? Oh, yeah. Okay. 
You know what it is? It's like the wild card in Uno where you mm-hmm. can play any you can play any color you want. Central Texas is the wild card. Mm-hmm. Central Texas can get sent anywhere. Yep. Central Texas can be can be put in region one. Mm-hmm. They can get put in. I mean, as we see, like Killeen is in region. The Killeen schools are in region one. Mm-hmm. They can get put in region two. They can get put in region three. They can get put in region four. Yeah, and they it's not necessarily anywhere. saying that that means that they're going to be traveling six hundred miles no. for something. It just means that they could go any which way. It's just the way that it is. And so, what I think is interesting is that they took a couple of districts that were largely like that were that were centered in one place mm-hmm. and they moved the center of it yep i'll give you an example 11 6a is an interesting example it's okay. a district of doom yep duncanville desoto cedar hill the i-20 corridor right the past couple of years they've had waco and they've had was it waco or waco you it was midway midway and and, and waco it, and waco yeah waco. they instead they basically turned 116A into much more it like there's no doubt where the center of that that is now it mm-hmm. is it is south DFW yep okay that's where it is it's not south DFW and central texas and stuff like that so what they did was they took midway and they sent them south to temple mm-hmm. to uh to Hutto, to Pflugerville Weiss and stuff like that which you know they're excited about they made that a more central texas district mm-hmm. And they put Midway in there instead of making them into a DFW district. Instead of having to go up 35 every single week. Another example is District 75A Division 1. 75A Division 1 in the past was kind of that hybrid between East Dallas and East Texas. Mm-hmm. Right? So Longview, you, Mesquite. Mesquite, and the Mesquite yeah. schools, right? Kind of one of there. Now what they've done, I would say that the that the because they they added in McKinney North mm-hmm. and they added in Lufkin, mm-hmm. they have kind of shifted the center a little bit. I think south east a little bit. Yeah, and so there's a district like that is a district that the the midpoint has changed. Yeah, in a lot into of ways. more of the Piney Woods, I would say rather than right, right, exactly right. I would also, you know, you you look at a, at a district like. Um, you know, obviously, what happened with Corpus Christi Flower Bluff and Corpus Cri- and uh, and uh, Gregory Portland? Yes, right, where they get sent to the Rio Grande Valley. Mm-hmm. That is that is basically the coastal bend. They are lumping them in with the Rio Grande Valley. And by the way, they did that a couple of times in a couple of different places. Right. They have said the centralized point of the dis- of of the state is in the Rio Grande Valley. You guys can you guys can be magnetic to there instead of us sending those teams to you. Right. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think is particularly interesting there as these district centers have shifted a little bit. Thought number three, hard and soft landings. So so we, when, when the bolts are flying on Thursday, you can't look at every team that was getting uh, moved up, moved mm-hmm. down, and things like that. You can't look at all those things. But there certainly are teams that I think got a pretty decent draw despite moving up. Mm-hmm. Right, moving up in classification, they got a pretty decent draw. And this is just transparently calling it how it is. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> exactly right. That's just that's just my opinion. I mean, right. you can you can argue with me. You can not. Salina, Salina moved up to four A Division One. Mm-hmm. They get in with a Dallas ISD district. They get in. Uh, their region, I think, is about the same as it was last time. Yep. And I think that overall, if you're Salina, you're pretty pleased with how things turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would look at a team. Highland Park. Highland Park. Highland Park landing in uh, that district with Irving and, and Richardson. 
pretty darn good. I think they're I think they're pretty good. Argyle, I think got a pretty solid. I think they got a pretty solid landing there. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot to complain about where they landed. Okay, I would also add in a team. Uh, and maybe this is something that, you know, maybe this is just me and me spending the weekend thinking about it. But I would look at a team like Medina Valley. Medina Valley moved up to uh, to 5A Division One. Medina Valley ends up landing in District 13, 13 5A Division One, uh, And so they're going to be in with the San Antonio South, a lot, Laredo and San Antonio Southwest and yep. San Antonio Southwest Legacy, all those things. And by the way, in one district, I just want to point this out. District 13, 5A Division One, San Antonio Southside, San Antonio Southwest, South San Antonio, San Antonio Southwest Legacy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, UIL. <laughs> That'll be easy for Lord. me to sort through. I definitely won't get those confused. <laughs> those are some teams that I think ended up getting a pretty decent landing despite moving up. Right. Right? There are also teams that I think maybe moved down that maybe didn't get, or or rather, let, let's, let's talk about some teams that maybe did get a... A, a tougher landing. Than right, and it's funny because a lot of times when you think about moving down in classification, you think that the competition is going to be well, easier regardless, and then they now, get thrown in the blender, and it's like... Now, here's some, here's some teams that, that moved up that I think got it about as bad as they, they, they could have. Mm-hmm. For South Hills. For oh, South yeah. Hills moved up 5A Division 2 to 5A Division 1. They're in with Alito and Dent Ryan. That's about worst-case scenario. Yes. Right? Beaumont United. Beaumont United moves up from 5A Division 1. They are... Now in the district with Galena Park, North Shore, Atascacita. Yeah, nothing to worry about, right? Right. Leander Glenn. Leander Glenn, another one. They them and Eastview, Georgetown Eastview. Yep. They both um they both move up uh to um uh you know into uh, five rather five edition one from five edition two. They get in with College Station, Cedar Park, and Consolidated. Which is such a fun district, but not where the other people want to land. Right. But then there's other teams that I think they were looking around and they were saying, hey, you know what? We're dropping down. Things are going to be okay for us. Yep. I think an example of that is Skidmore Tynan. Skidmore Tynan's a 3A Division II team dropping down to 2A Division One. Awesome. Okay. Woo-hoo. We Let's finally go. have to be the big fish in the small pond. Yep. Who's in our district? Shiner Under Fury Furio. Ganado. <laughs> like, that's, that's brutal. That's brutal. Yeah, no, plain and simple. There's no two ways about it. You're that fighting is, for fourth place almost. That, at that is point. a that is a brutal way, uh, a brutal place to land. Um, I would look at a place like we we mentioned it, but the Dallas ISD teams that were dropping down from four A Division one mm-hmm. to four A Division two, uh, Dallas Roosevelt and Dallas Lincoln, like those those programs. I think have got to feel like what did we do to deserve this? They get lumped in with. Um, Where they end up? They ended up in uh, with the districts with Quinlan Ford and Sunnyvale and Cattle mm-hmm. Mills. Pretty tough. Right, so just because you're moving down, it's a lot of travel too. Exactly right. Just because you're moving down, does not mean that things got a little bit easier. Newcastle is another example. Yep. Newcastle drops down from one A division one to one A division two. Big fish in a small pond. You get strong in your district. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is pretty brutal. So, depending on classification changes, there were some hard landings and some soft landings. Thought number four, the RGV's moment. I don't want to go too crazy about this, okay? I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go, you know, put undue pressure on teams. Right. But when I take a look at 5A, mm-hmm. and most especially when I take a look at 5A Division One, I am not sure that the Rio Grande Valley has ever had an opportunity like this to, to make, make some noise. Make some noise. Okay? Yeah. Here are... A complete list of the teams 
the non Rio Grande Valley teams that advanced past the second round of the playoffs last year that are in Region 4 of 5A Division 1. Here's a complete list. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. Mm-hmm. End of list. And they, uh, they struggled last year. Who? Corpus Christi Vets. Oh, no, no, no. That was a team that made the quarterfinals. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. no, I know, but they were like, they yeah. weren't, they by, weren't by what their, they used by to their, be by their, by their, by their, by standards. their standards. Yes. That's it. They, by getting a second district in 5A Division One, mm-hmm. the Rio Grande Valley now comprises half of Region 4. Okay? And by the way, it's a lot of the Corpus schools, and it's mm-hmm. the, the schools that have, you know, the, the Miller is going to be there as well. They had, they had a disappointing year last year, mm-hmm. but Miller... Um, I would look at it, but remember they're moving up, right? Yeah. Uh, a full classification. Corpus Christi vets, and then they're lumped and then it's a bunch Colorado. of San Antonio teams. Yep. Right. I don't know if the Rio Grande Valley and a team like Harlingen South, mm-hmm. or a team like Edinburgh Vela, or a team like PSJA North, or a team like McAllen Memorial, or a team like Brownsville Vets. I don't know if these teams are going to have an opportunity like this to reach a state semifinal that they have right now mm-hmm. for the next two years. This is a pretty good draw for 5A teams in Rio Grande Valley. And my final thought is non-district scramble. One thing that I think is interesting, and and another thing that, again, because the bullets are flying on Thursday, you don't even think about it. Going into uh, the realignment, coaches have a guess. They may not tell you that. They may say, oh, we'll go wherever. They have a guess. They think they know where they're going. And they think they know what their district is going to look like. And most importantly, perhaps... They know, they think they know how many teams are going to be in their district. Mm-hmm. And why does that matter? It matters because you got to fill out a schedule, right? And if you've got seven teams in a district, mm-hmm. and you if you think you're going to ha- be in an eight team district, and there's only seven, you got to find one more non district game. Yep. If you think you're going to be in a seventeen district, you end up in eight. Mm-hmm. You may have to cancel on somebody. And most coaches that say that eight team districts are perfect. Do you have the three? Mm-hmm. The three non-district games and then you move on into district play and it's like that does not work for everyone and as a result you're seeing twitter kind of blow up with coaches saying i'm looking for a week one i'm looking for for a week four i'm looking Mm -hmm. for a week seven whatever to whatever whatever and you're getting some weird matchups let's talk about gunner (laughs) gunner's gonna open against bishop in pflugerville on saturday Bishop, if you don't know, is down on like the coastal bend. Yeah, it's a si- uh, it's like an, it's like if a, you took the toll roads, it was still like a six hour and forty nine yes. minute drive or something Maryland, like that. You're gonna meet in the middle in Pflugerville, right? Um, how about Nevada Community is gonna play Dallas Lincoln yeah. in a in a state semi or rather in a, in a non district contest? Now we all we'll, we all go gaga over kind of the big fun matchups that you know teams are, are putting together. They're putting together unbelievable schedules. Um, you know, South Oak Cliff's going to play Duncanville, um, uh, Lancaster, Lancaster. They're playing Soto. They're, playing they're literally playing the I twenty corridor. They're bowing up with everybody. Those are fun. What I think is going to be interesting is the scramble that goes on right now to find mm-hmm. non district dance partners mm-hmm. for teams for for schools that maybe we're not anticipating to have to fill this many slots. Well, and it's funny too because we talked about it like when a program that is historically incredibly good 
mm-hmm. needs is scrambling to find another person to play. There are a lot of schools that want to bow up and go try and do that, but there are a lot of coaches that recognize, is it better for us to schedule an opponent that isn't historically that dominant? So that way our kids can go out there and kind of learn stuff rather than just get their teeth pounded in and it'd be like, okay, why did we do that type right. of thing? So it's, it, it's funny to see the big powerhouses looking. It's for, a balance. Yeah. It's a balance. It's one of those things that everybody's got to plan until they get punched in the mouth. And the yep. UIL punched a lot of teams in the mouth on Friday. Or on Thursday, rather. There it is. Some more realignment thoughts. We're going to have a ton of stuff up on TexasFootball.com. Uh, winners and losers and, and, and all that fun stuff. Toughest districts, et cetera, et cetera. We'll get into all of that throughout the course of the offseason and this week here on TexasFootball.com. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That is our subscription package with two magazines a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. If you go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Pickle, enough about us talking about realignment. Yeah, people are probably sick of that by now. Let's go to the hotline and let's bring in the voice of Texas high school football. Uh, you can hear him on the horn in Austin every weekday. Uh, he is our good friend, Craig Way. Craig, how are you, my friend? I'm great. And, and Pickle, this, this should tell you how much Jeff and I have been thinking about realignment. <laughs> when Jeff texts me to let me know that Gunner and Bishop are going to play a non-district game on August 27th, mm-hmm. my first thought was to say, oh, we need to go down there and crank that one up for Texan Live. <laughs> we need to... <laughs> We need to do the way and tap Roman numeral two call together. Yeah, I think I might know someone who can get that done for you. Listen, <laughs> listen. Well, there's not that, that we we like good football, but perhaps sometimes even more than good football, we like weird. We football. like weird football, and Bishop and Gunner yes. would certainly qualify on the opening Saturday of the season. All right, Craig. Uh, we got to unwrap the package, uh, the UIL realignment on Thursday, and got to uh, take a look at, at where the UIL had laid everything out. I'm, I'm interested, when you got your first glimpse at it, uh, what was what was the first thing that stood out? What was the first thing that caught your eye? The first thing that caught my eye was 5-4 AD1. And... and you know, I guess that would probably pretty be pretty normal when you look. I'm always one looking for some quirks and oddities in the thing. And uh, five four AD one and what is it thirteen eleven three AD three AD one, where you have two current reigning state champions. I won't say defending because we know obviously Franklin can no longer defend its Division two crown since they're going D one and. Uh, you know, with uh, and China Spring can no longer defend its Division Two crowd since they go D one. So yeah, it's it, it it's current reigning state champions. It does not happen often that you get them in the same district, and uh, and and we had it happen twice. And that's why uh, when folks asked me when we had, they said, "Did you have fun doing that?" A realignment show on valleys with the crew and i said i did it was great having everybody involved enjoy that and they said what what part do you like most i said well i gotta tell i gotta be honest with you there's a lot of the breakdown things we really talked about i said but when jeff and i were standing out there on the uh, on the side set on the field thing talking about other districts of doom other than 11 6a it rings a bell we've gotten used to talk about 11 6a and it has its own 
doom-like possibilities. But those two in in uh, the 3A and the 4A ranks, those were right off the top of the page at me. You know, one thing, I know you're down there in Central Texas, um, you know, in the Austin area. One one, one of the ones that, that stood out to me, and, and, you know, if you want to talk, we've been talking kind of hard landings and soft landings for, for teams that um, – for teams that were changing classifications, uh, one of those would, is Dripping Springs. Dripping Springs is is on the move, and um, it's not like they got any any uh, you know real reprieve. They get a, a move into the District Twenty Six Six A with Lake Travis, uh, Westlake, a good Austin Bowie team, et cetera, et cetera. Um, was that something? You know, I'm obviously not as cued into the to what's going on in the Austin area as you are. Was that something that everybody kind of saw coming, or did it come as a bit of a, of a surprise that that drip got 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 lumped in with those powerhouses? I think everybody thought it was coming, Tep, and it's simply because of the geographics of it. I mean, you know, drip backs up to Lake Travis, mm-hmm. so it, it it figured to be. By the way, happiest guy probably with that realignment, probably Hank Carter. Not because of the caliber of competition in the district. Hank, as you know, great guy, great coach, not the biggest fan of non-district play. Not that he shies away from it. I mean, after all, they've got Arlington Martin and Steele uh, for their two non-district games. But Hank is on record as saying, if we played 10 district games a year, I'd be fine with that. Well, he's got eight (laughs) district games as a result of that one. Let me tell you, the one that's got everybody around Austin buzzing is the veritable rarity of three districts in class 6a that include greater austin and central texas Mm -hmm. schools that has almost never happened and to have weiss and hutto going north into that cobbled together super centex and and brazos valley uh conglomerate to put those together that drew a great deal of conversation there in addition to the fact that you know 25 6a it was pull Hutto out, insert Maynard here. Everything else is status quo with the five Round Rock schools and the two Leander ISD schools that are in that district. So uh, no big surprise uh, there that they would keep that largely intact. No big surprise in that it was a 19 district in 26-6A because of Anderson moving up and Muta Johnson moving up. But it is power packed, no question about it. Talking to Craig with the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer here on Texas Football. Today, get involved the conversation in hashtag TF today. You mentioned regional changes, and that was one of the places that my eyes went whenever we were taking a look at, at that and or at the alignments. And to me, one of the real maybe hidden storylines this week if, if, if people are marveling over uh, you know the the new districts and, and things like that the fact that you had two of probably the most you know pound for pound most dominant programs in the past decade or so in Strawn and Carthage that both flipped sides of the bracket uh going Carthage going over into region two I believe Strawn moving over into region two as well uh that to me that that is as big as you know for for all we talk about. Oh my gosh, Alito and Denton Ryan are going to play in the same district. That's fun. That's not moving the a you know a defending state champ to the you know from the NFC to the AFC functionally. Those types of things I feel like are maybe flying under maybe maybe the the, the radars of people who are who are just taking the first glimpse at it. See, if you weren't living in the Metroplex and weren't a, a long-suffering Rangers fan, <laughs> you, a Ranger fan, you might have said something like. Astros to the American League off of the National League, if you'd been a Houston Astros fan. But I get your point on that. And I'm in agreement with you. The Carthage thing, we've seen them in Region 2 before, Mm -hmm. and they're right on the cusp. Uh, They are are, uh, right on that cut line. For for Strong to do it, 
that's the headline grabber there. I think you're right, and it and it makes uh, Region Two a lot more power packed, and I think it opens things up even more so in Region Three. The other deal was, and this was something else we talked about on the TV show, the fact that you've got it to go back to the to the Greater Austin and Central Texas area. You have three five uh, A Division Two districts that encompass two regions, 11, 12, and 13, and that includes that all AISD district where with all the opt-ups with OBJ of 4A state finals a year ago playing with 4A numbers, uh, the, the AISD opting up all those schools because the district obviously wants to keep those schools together for travel purposes and things like that. And then uh, you have the 11-5A D2 one above that, and then the 13-5A D2, which will be in Region 4. And that one's wide-ranging because that one features Liberty Hill, and that one features Lockhart, and Vets Memorial, and San Antonio, and Bernie Champion. So there's there's a lot that gets uh, put together in that. And that was, you know, we were having fun with those, uh, with those triangular, those zones of triangulation, as we called them, or as I called them, AAC on our TV show, uh, Amoeba area of concentration because they it looked like a big amoeba the way that, that the way that it was drawn up graphically so that that's a wide-ranging one there when you look at 13.5 ad2 i want to ask you a little bit of another kind of big picture question about about the realignment because one of the things that strikes me about this alignment matt step made the comment on our podcast about this he said that overall when you take a look at it a lot of realignment was chalky. A lot of realignment didn't didn't have some sort of massive shift in, in things. You didn't have things, you know, that, that we haven't necessarily seen before. But when when the UIL did make changes, they went big. Like they had massive changes that really that really shifted. It wasn't this kind of thing where we're kind of balling everything up and going from scratch. We t- they took the template, but it does seem like, and I'm interested to see if you agree, it seemed like where they did make changes, they made big, impactful ones that are going to maybe reshape the way Texas high school football looks for the next two years. Yes, they did, and, and Step is right on point with it. Here's, here's some of the reasoning why. Uh, when I sat down with Jamie Harrison to talk about it, uh, he said that, uh, and this echoes kind of what, what Matt said, that he said most folks are going to look at it and they're going to nod their head and said that makes sense that makes mm-hmm. sense that makes sense and then to look at some of them, some of them go wow didn't see that coming didn't see that coming part of the reason some folks might not have seen a certain thing coming is there's two factors one or outliers outliers are schools that are just stuck out there and they got to go somewhere i give you lufkin i give mm-hmm. you brian you know and and brownwood is another one although you would say well it would make sense for brownwood to go into say a district with stephenville and la vega and china but here's the other factor and that is not the official appeal petitioning to go into another district that's in a totally separate category but in advance uh, what Dr. Harrison said is we ask schools to let us know in advance, do you have a preference? Mm-hmm. If it's possible to accommodate the preference, then we accommodate the preference. Well, that's what happened in, in all three of those cases I mentioned, especially in the cases of Brownwood and Bryan, where they got, and he said, they send us emails, we keep all the emails, and when we sift through it in the UIL, we see, does this work for the greater good? Is it going to upset a lot of apple carts? Brownwood wanted to go west. Even with all of the extra travel involved, they wanted to go west. And they got what they wanted. And and Brian did not want to be in a greater Houston area school district. So they got what they wanted. It doesn't always work out that way. But sometimes it does, which gets back to the original point of 
you look at some things and it makes sense, and then some things you go, wow. Well, sometimes the wow factor is because of they can make something work to help out a school. All right. One last question for Craig Wave, Texas High School Hall of Famer. We mentioned that this is uh, non-district schedules are coming together fast and furious. People are looking for dance partners. We mentioned Gunner and Bishop as a strange non-district game. I'm interested in your in your time covering Texas high school football. Is there one genuinely head-scratching, bizarre non-district game that stands out to you that the first time you saw it pop up on your schedule, you're like, that that can't be right. Because that's how I was with Gunner and Bishop. To be real honest, I was like, oh, they mean Bishop Lynch. Or they mean, you know, Bishop Dunn. They mean one of the private schools in the DFW Metro. No, they mean Bishop down there in the Coastal Bend. It, 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 in your history, you know, covering Texas high school football, is there one uh, truly screwy non-district game uh, that stands out? Anytime you have an El Paso school playing a Metroplex school, yeah. it's going to stand out. And for El Paso Eastwood to schedule two trips to the Metroplex to play South Lake Carroll the next two years uh, kind of stands on its own. Uh, now, for fun, the other day, I you know I saw the tweet and then I sent it out to you guys. I don't think anybody really locks in on thinking the fighting Braves of Community High School in Nevada scheduling Dallas Lincoln is one that leaps off the page. Then again, a few years ago, who would have thought in their wildest dreams that Dallas Carter and Venus would be in the same <laughs> district, which has happened before. So, you know, there's there's been some weird ones throughout the years, no doubt about it, and population shifts are the reason why for that, Tep. It, it kind of strikes, it, it kind of, I think one of the things that I think about was you remember for the UIL 100, they wanted to schedule Houston Heights and Cleburne mm-hmm. to open. Yeah. And I think people are like, why would you? I mean, there, there's a historical <laughs> aspect for it. They played 1920. They want to do it 100 years later. But it's uh, it's that time of year where coaches are scrambling to fill their dance card. He is Craig White. He's a Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. You can hear him every weekday on the horn in Austin. Uh, and I guess I would say we would promote high school scoreboard live, but we're off the air for like eight months. Craig, appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, and we will talk very soon. Pickle, book the matchup. Tep and I will show up at the field in Pflugerville on the 27th of August. Let's Just for you, Craig. Be great. There he goes, Craig Way, the Texas All High School right. Football Hall of Famer. Uh, itching, itching to do Bishop and Gunner. Be a weird game. Oh, it, that's – yeah, you want to talk about our brand. Oh, yeah. Weird fits that card perfectly. And, like, you get you – get, you get Craig on there, yeah. Like if you're like, here's here's the strength. I mean, that as far as non-district, you know, he mentioned El Paso. El Paso Eastwood's going to come to South Lake Carroll. Actually, when um, uh, R.J. Maryland was in here committing on uh, this past Wednesday on National Signing Day, uh, Coach Riley Dodge was here, and I was chatting him up, and he goes, "Yeah, by the way, you know, we're we're hosting Eastwood the next two years." I was like. El Paso Eastwood, but then yeah. it makes sense because uh, Julio Lopez is a crazy person. Oh yeah, he did. Uh, he did two out of El Paso trips yeah. last year. He always wants to do that. He wants yeah. to get them out of out of El Paso and go play. Which I mean, long... it seems to have worked. Looking it's fun, at <laughs> it's fun, fun for looking us. at what they did this year. For me though, that's that's like when you take a look at a t- pl- game like Gunner and Bishop, it's going to be. There's been so many opportunities to make a Bishop Sycamore joke here that I've held in for the past like seven minutes, just so you know. Bishop is <laughs> no, 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 no. The the fighting Badgers of Bishop are a proud, legit Jim. Texas high school football <laughs> program. What did they do last year? Let's see. What what did you guys do last year? Let's find out. You're, you're listening to live coverage of me finding out what Bishop's record was. They went four and five. Okay. Went four and five. Um, you know they are moving uh, up from three division one. Well, and credit. I was going to say credit to them big time for saying if we're going to do a weird game, we might, might as, as well, well go swing our bat at one of the most like historically good programs in the past decade. Yeah. You know exactly right. I agree.
Anyway, it's we appreciate gonna be weird. Make it weird. <laughs> we appreciate Craig White hopping on with us. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Well, my final thoughts was going to be a lot of people when we were talking throughout our first segment was asking about Brownwood because they did. They yes. end up in that district with a Lubbock team, a, a team outside of Midland. You know, in uh, Anthony they, or yeah, uh, Andrews. Andrews. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Um, San Angelo Lakeview. Right? And it's like, yeah, you look at that, and what's crazy for me about that is Brown. When I was in high school at Lano, Brownwood used to be in our district. So mm-hmm. to think that like how you can pull and switch like that is crazy but that's interesting to know that they they sent in the they preferability it. sheet you know they requested it and so they wanted to go west and and they did so they got tossed into region one and by the way i'll talk about this a little bit on texasfootball.com uh that district that five team district every one of them made the playoffs last year wow so yeah <laughs> so you have that west and then you get uh, quite you, the competition <laughs> it's gonna do it for us thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us follow us on twitter at dctf like us on facebook facebook.com slash dave campbells follow us on instagram instagram.com slash dave campbells and of course see us at texasfootball.com thanks again to the hall of famer craig white for hopping on with us for ashley pickle i'm greg tepper vince young please get your player of the year trophy we'll see you tomorrow on texas football today